You are listening to the Improv Saved My Life podcast, brought to you on Bits, the Boston Improv Talk Station. All right, welcome to episode 26 of the Improv Save My Life podcast. I'm your host, Tom Boyer. This podcast is brought to you on Bits, the Boston Improv Talk Station. Uh, this week's guest is Tom Boyer. Hey, what's up, Tom? What's going on, Tom? How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Tom is a member of EagleCom. He's also a student at Improv Asylum and hosts a weekly podcast. Is that it? Yeah, that's about it. I got some other stuff in the pipeline I'm working on, but that's all I've done so far. And I think talk is cheap, so until I do any of that other stuff, yeah, that's all I got for right now. Alright, that's cool. So, uh, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, Tom, but generally what we like to do is get the guests' uh, background, kind of where they grew up, and... Uh, that leads to how they got into improv. So if you could kind of take me through that. Sure. No problem. Yeah, I've listened to this before. I guess you could actually say I've literally listened to every episode. I'm a huge fan. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, so... Uh, I grew up in Dorchester, Mass. Um, still live in Dorchester. Lived in Dorchester my whole life. I'm a dot rat. I, uh... Grew up, uh, family, mother, father, brother, uh, and aunts and uncles uh, lived right down the street, also in Dorchester, as well as my grandmother. Uh, my dad's side of the family is from Missouri, so I didn't have any, other than my brother, I didn't have any family around the same age as me growing up. Uh, I had a bunch of cousins in Missouri. I, uh, really like to hang out with, but I only get to see them like once a year, uh, and then I have a cousin on in Boston, but she's like 10 years, over 10 years younger than me, so we didn't really grow up together per se. Uh, I went to Catholic school up until 7th grade, then I went to Latin Academy, it's an exam school. Um, Basically, growing up, I was kind of shy. Uh, had a circle of friends that I hung out with, and I was able to be myself around them, uh, joke around and stuff. Had one friend in particular, Pat Camden, uh, also from Dorchester, who uh, we had a very similar sense of humor. We, we really liked The Simpsons, which uh, came out when we were around in fourth grade, I think. It's showing my age. And I liked the, the sarcastic and kind of offbeat humor of The Simpsons uh, a lot. And I remember there was an early episode where Homer wrote this angry letter to Mr. Burns uh, because he didn't think he got like a Christmas bonus or something but then he turned out he did get the bonus so he tried to get the letter back from the post office and he was impersonating Mr. Burns at the post office and he just walked up to the, the 
guy working at the post office and he's like, Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me. And the guy was like, Yeah, I got something here for you. What's your first name, Mr. Burns? He's like, I don't know. And I always thought that was hilarious. Like, that was the, the, the Simpsons stuff that I dug because, like, it was silly to me that Homer was putting on a voice uh, because he didn't disguise him. I think he actually may have dressed up kind of like the Monopoly man, but it was unnecessary because the guy didn't ask him for his ID. And there was no point for him to change his voice. And then the fact that he didn't know Mr. Burns' first name. Stuff like that just cracked me up. Or there was an episode where, uh... He had this jacket. Homer had a jacket. There's a disco stud on the back, and they were selling it at a garage sale. And the D from the stud had fell off, which it was like uh, bedazzled on the jacket. And it just a disco stew. Marge was like, "Who's gonna want a jacket that says disco stew on it?" And then that was the first appearance of a recurring character, Disco Stew, on The Simpsons, who was all about the jacket. <laughs> Uh, you really like The Simpsons, huh, Tom? Yeah, I mean, uh, it hit the, the right spot for me when I was a kid. Uh, Bart, you know, seems cool when I was in fourth grade. Uh, more of a Homer guy now. Uh, but anyway, so I went through high school. Uh, so me and my friend Patrick Camden, uh, we actually... Uh, we would watch wrestling together a lot, and we would find the absurdities of wrestling and just kind of do our own commentary. Not like commentating on the matches, but almost like making up, almost like imp- improvising what was going on with the wrestling in our, our own little world. And that was always funny to me. I always wanted to record ourselves doing that. Uh, I don't know who would watch it and who would think it was funny, but I always thought it was hilarious. And, I mean, that's all we did was crack jokes and laugh the whole time. Um, he eventually went away to college. Uh, I graduated. I graduated high school. Began dating this girl uh, that I just fell for right away, and uh, went out for about a year. Then uh, she dumped me, and I took that hard, real hard, because uh, I was way into her. I thought we were gonna be together forever, you know, first love type thing. And, didn't pan out, uh, but that's kind of when I started drinking, um, and it just never stopped from there, I was about 19, um, and I'd say from the time I was 19 to when I stopped drinking, uh, just about two years ago, I drank every night until I passed out, with the exception of maybe... 30 days put together over the course of, I'm 35 now, so uh, over the course of 16 years, I might have had 30 days where I didn't drink, uh, and that would probably be either I was really sick and I just couldn't drink, or uh, circumstances where I was with family and it, it didn't seem appropriate, or I couldn't afford it, which was rare. I would always seem to find a way to drink, but, um, yeah, so I, I just I began drinking, and that just kind of consumed my life. Uh, I, I always had a job, 
had pretty good jobs throughout my life. I worked in an investment bank for a long time, uh, seven years. And my job there was like uh, setting up equipment for meetings. So I would basically, uh, if you needed a laptop or a projector, I would go to the room you needed it in, set it up. Uh, but there were meetings all day long. So it was me and another person that did this job. And we, there was a bar down the street that this, this uh, kid introduced me to called Sidebar. And we would sneak off there several times a day. We, um, and because of the nature of our job, we, we were always setting stuff up. Uh, we were never really questioned about where we were during these times. So basically, uh, bar opened at 11. We'd be there at 11, watch some of the prices right uh, right when it opened we would get a pitcher and a shot of Jaeger uh, then I would go to lunch at noon so then I'd go back to the bar and he would meet me on my lunch break and we'd ha he'd hang out for about a half hour of my hour lunch um, get another pitcher another shot of Jaeger and he'd go to lunch from 2 to 3 uh, so I would uh meet him during his lunch, another pitcher, another shot of Jaeger, and then uh, from 3.30 to 4, we'd watch a family feud there, um, so the majority of my job there consisted of me drinking uh, quite heavily, and then I, after I got off work, I'd head to that bar, so I was at that bar yeah, when I wasn't working or sleeping 90% of my life, I would say. Uh, they let me run a tab, which was awesome at the time, but in hindsight, a terrible idea because I would build up a good five, $600 tab over the course of two weeks. And this is mostly draft beer and shots that I'd be drinking. Uh, so that shows you how much I actually drank. Um, and that would be like half my paycheck or more than half my paycheck. Um, still had to pay rent and all that other stuff, car payment, car insurance, utilities. Um, a lot of times, which I would not pay because <laughs> I was more concerned with paying my bar tab. Uh, so I moved in uh, with my best friend from high school at a certain point. Uh, and... Uh, it, it was it went well relatively well for a while um, but I was just I was getting depressed uh, just alcohols depressant and I just was really letting myself go at a certain point I just by the end of my drink career I just had this long homeless guy looking beard I don't think I got a haircut in over a year I just I just always wore a baseball cap I still wear hats all the time but I never would not have a hat on, uh, and it would just be pouring out the sides and the back. Uh, I just didn't care at a certain point. Um, I just, all I cared about was just drinking. Uh, I had some, you know, obviously I had some good times too. That's what kept me coming back. Uh, and that's kind of another time when I, I guess I started improvising. It would be just like ways I would try to pick up girls at the bar uh little things like i'd take the salt and pepper shakers and uh starts like humming push it from uh salt and pepper the rap group 
And then I'd pick up the salt and pepper shakers and be like, ooh, baby, baby. Or uh, <laughs> what else did I do? Just stupid pickup lines like, uh, hey, I just thought of a new theory of real relativity. E equals you and me squared. Or I just pick up on something that the girl said and just hammer it to death. Uh, but it never led to me actually scoring with these chicks. It was just all in my head. I thought, hey, chicks like funny dudes, but they like funny dudes that got their shit together, which was not me. Uh, eventually, it got to the point where I just, I didn't care. I was, I, I, I was out till probably midnight every night. Uh, I was, you know, I, I was drinking and driving. Terrible thing, uh, especially in hindsight. But at the time, I didn't care. Um, eventually, I crashed into my neighbor's car coming home from the bar. Uh, I think I just passed out when I was driving. Uh, neighbor happened to be a firefighter. Cops came. They were about to arrest me. And the neighbor, the firefighter, kind of used his clout and was like, just uh, give the kid a break. I don't think he knew how bad I was. And uh, I got off the hook, but... I would have been in jail. Uh, I got lucky. Um, that didn't stop me. I just, I just kept going after that. Uh, certain point, I just, I, I didn't care if I lived or died. I wouldn't. I wasn't actively go out and end it myself. But if I got hit by a bus or something, I think a part of me would have been relieved. Um, my mother, who's one of the nicest people that I've met in my life, uh, and has always been great to me, um, was always concerned. Uh, we have a history of alcoholism in the family, and just she had it with me. And uh, eventually, I stopped. I basically stopped paying the bills. I I stopped paying the heat altogether because. In my head, they couldn't shut off your heat because, for whatever reason, I made up my head. So my heat bill got to be like $2,000, and they shut off the heat to my apartment, uh, which sucked. Uh, more so for my roommate, because I lived down a couple houses down from my parents, so I could still go home and take a hot shower. Which is such a douchey thing to do because he got stuck taking cold showers, even though I'm the one that fucked up. Uh, landlord got wind of this. He basically wanted me out. He knew the deal. Everybody knew the deal. Uh, and my roommate wanted out, uh, and I'll blame him. And he's this was uh, so when my friend Patrick moved away, I uh, Jason became my new best friend he was my roommate um and he, he wanted to move out too um but going back a little bit uh my friend patrick got married he moved to new york he is a producer for letterman now uh and he does stand-up and so at his wedding i was in the wedding so they had like all the pre-wedding ceremonies and whatnot. Um, 
and I was at the table with a bunch of stand-up comedians and just funny people at work in the industry uh, at the pre-wedding ceremonies. And I, I thought, hey, I'm just as funny as these guys. So at a certain point when I was drinking, I thought, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll try stand-up comedy. But because I was drinking so much, I never followed through with anything I ever said I was going to do. Um, so... But I really wanted to do this, so I told everybody at the bar, like, listen, let's say this was June. I said, by Thanksgiving, I want to do uh, open mic stand-up. And I was like, everybody hold me to this because I, if you don't, I'm not going to do it. So I told everybody, and they're like, yes, we will hold you to it. So I did like a half-assed st uh, open mic stand-up uh, maybe five years ago. Uh went terrible and uh I never did it again um up until recently but that uh piqued my interest in comedy uh, but back to where I was prior to that um I actually had to move back in with my parents because my landlord wanted us out and I didn't have any place else to go I didn't have enough money and I had shitty credit uh, just through terrible decisions I made um, and ended up moving back home which made me more depressed uh, and then I was splitting my one of the um, one of the rules to me moving back home was like no drinking which was not an option and I knew that right off the bat I'm like ah not gonna drink as much maybe but I'm still gonna drink um, and then there's no halfway for if you drank like I did there was no halfway you couldn't just go and have a couple beers and be like all right that was fun I'll see you guys tomorrow uh, it was always and that might have been my intention a lot of nights but I still ended up closing up the bar most nights and the nights that I didn't I just sit home and drink in my room by myself uh, which was worse because when I would drink at home uh, just to cut down on costs and be able to sneak stuff in, I'd buy two pints of vodka and mix them with Gatorade or whatever. Um, just take those to the head. So that's when I'd get the most fucked up. Um, end up like breaking shit, falling over in my own house. Uh, so it got really bad. My mom eventually was like, listen, I don't know what to do with you, but you can't live here if you're going to keep up and you don't seem to want to change. So uh, I suggest that you go to detox and rehab. Um, if you don't, I think you're probably going to have to move out, which I didn't have any other options at that time because I had fucked everything up, basically. And so I was like, you know what? And I wasn't happy with myself. I hated myself at this time, and I thought, what the fuck, I might as well give it a shot, but I didn't think it was going to take uh, detox or rehab, I just was like, hey, I gotta try something different here, um, so I went, I, I went to work, and I talked to human resources, and I'm like, listen, I think I need some time off to take care of some personal matters, I uh, went to detox down the Cape, um, which was actually not bad. It was a nice facility. Uh, everybody is in the same boat that you are, you know, and everybody's just trying to do the best they can with in the situation there. And so I, I made some 
uh, cool friends there. Uh, and also when I went to rehab, I went to outpatient rehab, but it sucks because I would say 90% of those people that when you meet them in that situation, they're like, yeah, we need to keep in touch and make sure we all, you know, keep up and don't relapse. And then it seems like me and one other girl are the only ones that I know that, um, stuck with it. Um, so I went to detox, went to rehab and I quit drinking. I just quit and I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since. Um, but I didn't know, I still was, still wasn't happy. I didn't know what to do. Uh, I was still hanging out at the bar because that's all I knew what to do, but I didn't drink and never slipped up, but I just still basically living the same life without drinking, which is, it wasn't working for me. I mean, I, I think if, if I didn't find something, eventually I would end up drinking again, but I did find something. My friend, Chris Griffin, uh, somebody I used to drink with um, and he was taking classes at Improv Asylum kept suggesting that maybe I should take some classes and I was like <sighs> and I always liked uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway that was one thing I would do when I was home and not at the bars I'd, ABC Family used to show reruns of Whose Line and I would watch them and I'd think wow that's so I like that they're so talented I like I like everything about it but um, just the yes and culture for some reason it always was like that's so stupid to me I don't I, I don't like that I don't want any part of that um, but because I was in the situation where I was in where I didn't have any other hobbies other than drinking I was like you know what I'll give it a shot so I ended up signing up for a level one in improv asylum uh, took it and I was in right away I was hooked uh, went to as many shows as I could because uh, you get to go to show for shows for free, for take classes there, and I was just I was in. I, I liked. I was uh, when I first started going to improv salon. I was uh, it was like how I am when I first started anything. I was shy, but um, so I didn't really talk to people other than people in my own class, and even that I wasn't like a chatty Kathy. Uh, but by the time I got to level two, around the end of level two, Jeremy Brothers said that uh, you can sign up for house team auditions, which I did, and that gave me a chance to actually uh, talk to some people outside of my class that uh, performed there, and that was Bo and Andy, who I did a scene, some scenes with that uh, went pretty good, so um, I ended up talking to them outside about it, and... And I just, once I started talking to those two guys, I just started talking to other people. And I just, I quickly realized how cool everybody was. Um, didn't make house teams. Still haven't made house teams. I don't know if I will. I, I want to make at least one run of house teams eventually, but uh, I'm not, that's not the end all be all for me. Um, but went through level two. So basically, I started level three, and there was a girl in my class that was really cool, and I thought she was into me, uh, and she asked me to meet her at a bar, uh, like, the next night, and I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, so I showed up. She didn't show up, so I got stood up. Uh, I'm like, 
Of course. This is pretty much how everything goes with me when it comes to dealing with uh, women. Uh, but then, like, the next week, she was like, hey, you want to meet me at Awkward Compliment? Uh, which is a show, a comedy show put on by Ryan McFarlane and Mark O'Connell um, that features improv, comedy, and stand-ups. But I didn't know this type of show existed. Um, I didn't know what where we were going. I was just like, hey, I, I want to go on this date. Um, but I was weary because she stood me up before. So I was like, meet me at Sidebar. Um, just so if she didn't show up that way, I could. And... Um, at least I'd be some place already instead of in If she didn't show up, I'd probably feel bad, and then I'd be like, at least I'm here with people I know. Um, she texts me earlier in that day, and she's like, hey, do you mind if I bring my friend, let's say Jen, I don't remember what the friend's name was, but I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, she's like, uh, my friend from dance class, Jen. Like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So then I was at the bar prior to meeting up with her, and I was trying to convince my friend Edwin to come with us because I'm like, it's, uh, it's going to be me and this girl that I'm, I thought I was going on a date with. Um, and I wanted him to, like, take the other girl. Uh, so she ends up showing up to the bar. I see her walking down the street. I was out front smoking a cigarette, but... Instead of Jen, there was a dude walking with him. Who's this dude? And the idea was uh, I was going to meet her there and we were going to drive over. Um, so she introduced me to the dude. And honestly, I didn't even catch his name. I was like, what is going on here? I was all flustered. And then my friend Ed Edwin bailed because uh, it was a dude and not a chick. And I don't blame him. <laughs> um... So we go to Awkward Compliment. I never, they didn't explain if they were together or what the deal was. They just seemed really friendly. <laughs> and I didn't ask. But they both sat in the back seat of the car when I drove them, <laughs> which was weird. <laughs> so we get to Awkward Compliment. And the whole time I'm wondering, like, what is the deal with these two? Are they together? Like, are they friends? I don't know. Are they brother and sister? Like, like, I, I had no idea. So we get to Awkward Compliment, but I'm getting madder and madder as this whole time is passing. And uh, so Awkward Compliment is at the Summerwell Theater, which is a movie theater, so you could buy like popcorn and stuff. And then you gotta take a little elevator down to get to the show. So we hopped in the little elevator, and um, the guy had popcorn. The guy that was with the girl that I thought I was on a date with. Had popcorn and I was just staring at him. I guess like hard, like angry. Didn't mean to. It just it was just coming off me. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want some popcorn?" I'm like, "No." So we uh, we get in there and we sit in the front row. Um, show had already started, and there was an improv group up on stage. And he's like, "Uh, to start this scene, we're gonna need." Uh, he, so he had an ask for, which is basically a one-word suggestion. So he, he was like, I need a one-word suggestion. What is something that you forget to take? And so when we sat down, actually, the girl sat in between me and the other guy. So I still wasn't sure what was going on. Asked for was, uh, what is something you forget to take? She yelled out birth control. 
and then the improviser was like, ah, that's funny, it's one of those guys, your boyfriend, she's like, yes, and she pointed to the guy that was not me, which was understandable, because I didn't think I was her boyfriend, but now it was clear that this guy was, so I was just heated the whole time, <laughs> and uh, we ended up, ended up going, and I actually ended up talking to them both, and I, I mean, it, it was a misunderstanding, and I got over it, but it, it was a cool show. That was basically the point, is I, I saw my first non-improv asylum improv show. I didn't know shows like this existed. So uh, I went to probably uh, Saturday matinee at Improv Asylum that Saturday, and Brian Patterson was bartending, and I just kind of brought up the uh, awkward compliment thing to him. Yeah, there was this show, and uh, it was like there were these improv teams, but they, they just seemed like they made up their own teams, and they just performed, and he's like, yeah, well, we do a show like that on Monday nights um, uh, at the YMCA in Cambridge, so, I mean, like, if you guys are, in, if, if you can put together a team and you're interested, let me know, you know, you can, you can get a spot there. So I went back to some people on my level three, um, and ran by them. They they were all down, and that's how my improv group Eagle Come forms. Uh, so then we from there we started doing the Y show every Monday, and that's uh, aside from class. I mean that's really where we learned how to improvise. I um, uh, at a certain point Brian mentioned that because they did the Hideout show and they had the Hard Rock show and. Uh, you know, they just they they're working on videos and stuff. That he, he was looking for somebody else to maybe take over the running running the the Y show, uh, be like the showrunners. And I was like, yeah, we can do that because now now that I'm into improv, I'm just trying to get it at it at every angle I can. So the opportunity for us to run the Y show I thought was awesome. Uh, so we started doing that, which gave me a chance to host. Um, which I was terrible at at first. I'm not great at it now, but uh, uh, but it, it gave me a chance to work through some of my uh, stage fright and whatnot. Um, Why show recently wrapped up. Um, now it's moving to Hennessy's, and I think the Just Suspects are going to take it back over. So that was a good run while it lasted. Um, but in the show Improv Save My Life, it really did. I don't know where I'd be uh, right now if I didn't find that or some other hobby to latch on to because I was just headed down a really, really dark path and it wasn't going to get any better. So um, if you listen to this podcast, thank you for listening. If you've been on this podcast, thank you for being a guest. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Um... Right now, I think I'm going to try to do an edition of the made-up movie game uh, with myself. Alright, in order to do the made-up movie game, I guess I'm going to go back to the ridiculous premise that I started this podcast with by kind of talking to myself. Um, So, Tom... uh, What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to play a song on random on my iPod. Whatever the song title is, I'm going to ask you to make up a movie premise 
Um, basically, as if you were watching a movie on Comcast, you hit the info button, little blurb that you'd see, and from there, we will improvise a couple quick scenes from that movie. Does that sound cool? Yeah, man. Sounds sounds fun. All right. So I'm gonna hit play on my iPod, and whatever the next song is, will be what we improvise. All right. So hit play. The song is Take Your Mama by the Scissor Sisters. Alright, so if you could just make up a quick plot synopsis of Take Your Mama. Uh, Alright. Take Your Mama is a movie about two buddies that grew up together um, and now they're in their early 20s and one of the friends decides that he wants to come clean to his other friend. Let's call them Jim and Tim. Uh, Jim wants to date Tim's single mother who's in her 40s. Uh, and let's just see how that plays out. All right. Hey, what's up, Tim? Not much, man. Thanks for coming over. Uh, no problem, man. I'm excited for this game. Yeah. Go Bruins. <laughs> yep. All right, man. Let's get some brewskis. Kick this thing off. Hey, hey, hey. Tim, Tim, before you before you hit the kitchen, I, I got something I want to talk to you about. Uh, yeah, what's up, man? You sound serious. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about, and I'm, I've had a couple discussions. Uh... I'm interested in somebody. Oh man, that's awesome. You haven't dated in, in years. You haven't dated anybody in years. I'm I'm, just, I'm I'm glad to hear this, man. I was getting worried about you. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I uh I don't know if you're going to be so happy when I, I get into it. Why? I don't what what possibly could I not like? I'm just I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Well, here's the thing, Tim. Uh, the person I want to date is your mother, Janice. What? Yeah, man, I've always had a crush on her, even when we were kids. My mom? You're, you're, what the fuck are you talking about? You're, this is crazy. Nah, man, listen. We have a connection ever since you gave me the milk and cookies. Uh, I don't know if you remember your, your, your fourth, in the fourth grade, your, your ninth birthday party, uh, she just passed out the milk and cookies, and there was like one extra Oreo left, and she gave me the extra Oreo, and ever since then, I just felt this connection with her, I think she felt it too, I mean, I think the chemistry is undeniable, what are you talking about, you're a little, you were a little kid, she just she was just being nice. You're my best friend, man. This is fucked up. No. You know what's fucked up is the way you just did a complete 180. You were saying you were happy for me that I, I found somebody and now you're you 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 give me a really hard time here, man. You're making me feel bad. I thought you were supposed to pump me up. You're supposed to be my boy. 
what's up with this? Man, my mother is crazy. They just got divorced like three years ago. I thought this, I was still thinking my parents are still going to get back together. My mother's not going to go out with you. I don't know, man. I actually brought it the, I brought the subject up to her the other day. When did you see my mother? I just stopped by. I wanted to run it by her. Uh, she's an attractive woman for, you know, for her age. You know, I brought up the whole Oreo thing. She said, you know, she saw something in me back then. She said she saw something in you back when you were nine years old. And she said she, she said something, something about my spirit. She could feel something in my spirit. Ah, oh, mom. Such a hippie. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not happy about this. I I, I, I say no. You cannot date my mother. Alright, man. Uh, I'm not happy about this either. Well, let's just watch this game. I, want, I don't even want to watch a game with you now. You're going to be such an asshole about this. I'm just going to leave. See ya. <laughs> Dude. Jim and Janice's secret date. Hey, Janice, I'm really glad you you accepted my offer to come out with me. No problem, Jim. I've always kind of thought we were kindred spirits. Yeah, I think so too. I think that uh, we need to be more than kindred spirits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Jim, you're silly. I don't know. I'm having a little bit trouble getting past the age difference and the fact that I used to babysit you when you were a kid. Yeah, I remember those days. You don't even want to know the thoughts that were going through my head. I don't. <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe you do. All right, end scene on that one. Uh, sorry, that was probably brutal, but hey, format is format. I'm trying to keep with the format of the show, so, um, so a couple things I want to touch on, um, so my life now, it's good, it, you know, it, uh, it's a lot better, and I, I mean it when I say improv saved my life, but, you know, um, I go to AA meetings, and one of the big things is life on life's terms. You know, you're still going to have bad days. and You're still going to have the shit that happens to normal people. And it, it's hot. It, it gets tough sometimes because you don't have that crutch that you used to have, which would be have a bad day. You just drink your face off. But you find other outlets. You find uh, people to hang out with. And you find projects you can work on and just stuff you can do. Uh so, I'm happy. Um, you know, I still have... I, I dug myself into a pretty big hole uh, over the course of my life. Um, and it's going to take me a while to dig myself out. So, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not the man I want to be yet. But I will be. I'll get there. So, that's where I am now. Um, I think... Something I want to add to this show is at the end, I want to kind of talk about some 
shows I may have seen over the course of the week that I can recommend to other people. So, shows that I've seen recently, uh, have I seen my friend Chris Griffin, uh, run, is part of the show, uh, current, uh, formerly known as Current Eventuals, I don't know if it has a new name, but I checked out one a couple weeks ago, it's a sketch show, um, mostly dealing with, uh, stuff in the news, politics and whatnot. Um, and he has another one coming up in June, I believe. Uh, it's a really good show. I recommend you check it out. Uh, Just Suspects are doing the show that they did at the Hard Rock, but with some new twists and some new uh, guests. Can't recommend that enough. Um, as far as stuff that uh, Eagle Come has coming up, we are hosting the Just Suspects show at the Hideout on May 28th. That's a Wednesday night. Uh, we, we were supposed to do it uh, a couple months ago, but the uh, circumstance came up. We couldn't do it. Uh, but we're really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. we got some cool sketches written out, and uh, just going to uh, fine-tune those now that we have a little time to work on them. Uh, but it should be a really good show. Uh, and we are going to be doing uh, the Just Comedy Show, the Just Suspects Run, at Hennessy's um, June 2nd, June 9th, and then maybe some more dates. But I'm looking forward to that show quite a bit. Uh, June 11th, we, Eagle Come is hosting another show at Maggie's Lounge, another What Else You Gonna Do Wednesday show. Uh, we did one a couple months ago. was awesome. Can't say enough good things about that show and the teams that perform there. Uh, we're doing another one, and you should come check it out. Um, other than that, that's about it. We're doing Aqua Compliment that week, too, the Thursday of that week as well. Hey, look at me. It all started Aqua Compliment, and I'm coming back that. Uh, and I think we have a cage batch in June as well. I have some projects I am working on, uh, a couple web series that I want to get up and running. And a rap video about Batman that I want to make. Um, so those are the projects I have in the works right now. Um, that's about it. So thank you, Tom Boyer, for being the guest. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. All right. Rest in peace, non-improvisers. Peace.